Welcome to the Sobity Chat Podcast. If you are new and welcome back if you are a regular and a part of the fam. My name is Fatima and the Sobity Chat is a self-care community and podcast designed to empower women through faith-infused resources, mental health support, coaching, and wellness events. So before we dive in, let's chat about a few ways that you can support the show. The first way is by subscribing wherever you are listening. The second way is to share with a friend. If you think that this episode or this show will provide value to their lives, please go ahead and drop them that link. The third way is to rate and review via iTunes or wherever you're listening, but iTunes is probably the most primary source where my listeners come from. So make sure you head over there and leave a comment about why you like the show and leave a rating. And then finally is by submitting your questions via email, which is sobdchat at gmail.com, my personal Instagram, Fatima underscore farmer, or by sending a voice message right here on Anchor if that's where you're listening. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. In today's episode, I'm really excited because I am interviewing very special guests and a licensed professional who is going to be dropping some gems with us on the show today. I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Jackson, who is a licensed professional therapist. Can you, is that the exact title or am I slaughtering that? <laughs> no, yeah. So I call okay. myself a therapist, but um, my license is in professional counseling. Okay, there we go. Licensed profession, professional counseling, and she is a therapist. She's a Black woman, and she is here on the show today to grace us with her presence and to drop some gems for us. So I'm just going to share a little bit about Crystal, and then I'm going to pass it over to you to just tell a little bit about why this is important to you. But Crystal is a professional that has been helping women remove self-judgment and embrace their strengths as they embark on their healing journey. She's worked in the mental health field since 2008, and she received a license in professional counseling in 2011. In addition to providing therapy, she also has had the opportunity to educate young women and professionals as an adjunct professor. She's the founder, owner, and lead therapist of Simply Being Wellness Counseling in Farmington, Connecticut, and she helps professionals firsthand that are going through unique challenges, uh, caregivers, and really just with understanding the importance of having a self-care plan, healthy boundaries, intentional relaxation. And I spoke with Crystal once before we decided to record this podcast, and she's just a delight. So welcome, Crystal, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. So excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm super excited, as I said before, um, to just share with you all the things that I am learning, not only in my profession and as a therapist, but also about myself, because I think that that is the most that's the most important thing is that how I'm learning as well on my healing journey and yeah. being able to connect that with other people. Yeah. So I would actually love to start there. I would love to know what is your story? Like what led you to want to become a therapist and why is this important to you? Yeah. So I always, I remember I must've been in, in high school and I took like a sociology class and I just remember thinking, Oh, this is super interesting. Just how people connect and why we think in certain ways. And um, probably from my earliest memory I can I, I remember like people easily connecting with me and like me being younger and just older folks kind of just speaking to me or asking my advice even though I was younger um, and so that kind of made me feel like okay well maybe this is something that I should go with 
And even though I didn't have the full understanding of it, even like during during college, um, I, I majored in psychology. And so they teach you a whole um, bunch of things there, but I didn't really get a good sense of what it meant to be a therapist until I went into my master's program. Mm. And so my master's program focused on mental health counseling. So basically I went into the program to be trained to be a therapist. So from the first semester, everyone was assigned um, a student, an undergrad student to work with so that they can kind of practice their, their, their skills while also understanding like all the complexities that go into us really being a good therapist. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, uh, I just for some reason didn't get assigned to be with someone. So I really had to rely a lot on peer support and then as well, like kind of crafting my own understanding just in like, you know, seeing what's displayed on TV and paying attention in class and asking those clarifying questions to really gain an understanding. But I can say probably now, um, 10 plus years into this, I feel I am at the best place as far as who I am as a person and also my confidence as being a therapist. And so I think that's important to say because we all have different life experiences and the more life experiences, I believe the more life experiences we have and the more of the self-work that we do as therapists, then the better therapists we're able to become. Mm. I love that. I love that. I think, I think it's so beautiful that you are so honest about your journey and how, like, although you are a therapist and you're helping others heal, that it's a process for you too. And I would, I would actually love to maybe hear if you can think of a time or a story in your life, just where you, you know, where you may have felt like you were at your lowest or a point where you realized that you had to mentally or spiritually or emotionally or all three kind of turn and change the path that your mental health was on. Yeah, I feel like this has been really ongoing for me, I would say definitely within the last uh, four to five years, where I really became cognizant of a lot of the patterns that I was having that I was kind of going through and then and just understanding that I didn't want to continue with those patterns. And I think more so in the last year or two, I felt more of a sense of urgency to really um, be kind of savage about how I'm, I'm, I'm doing that work. Uh, for, you know, for, for my legacy, you know, I'm like, okay, I am actively healing things within myself that I can see is also um, going, you know, across the board It's going to me and my siblings is going, you know, back to my mom with us being able to have different types of conversations um, and being able to really hear each other. And I also am seeing how that is with the next generations. I don't have children right now, but at least with my with my nephews who I'm close with, I can see how my work is also allowing them to feel compelled to, you know, okay, we don't want to just avoid conflict, but maybe we can start to communicate or we can start to name feelings and things like that. So I can say I can really see a lot of the um, the seeds that I planted as far as starting my my healing work or really being intentional about that. I say that because we're always healing. Right. It's not linear. So I say that like this is my phase of this part of my healing journey because I've actually been super intentional about just understanding myself a lot better than in previous years. So, um, and so in 2015, uh, I was diagnosed with fibroids and endometriosis. Well, what a fibroid, <clears throat> excuse me. So I had a really, um, I knew that I had a fibroid. It runs in my family. There was a change in like um, my cycle. So I went to my doctor 
And I said, hey, I'm pretty sure it's a fibroid. And so I ended up having surgery. They found endometriosis. And just that whole, I would say, two years of just physically um, paying so much attention to what was going on in my body that really made me kind of slow down and see, okay, well, what are the things that I was doing that was contributing to this? And, and looking back, I can see how I was like super depressed and down during that time. But my friends either did not understand what that looked like, like what that meant when I was saying, I was asking for help. I was telling people, I'm not, you know, oh, hey, this is really bothersome. I'm really focused on this. And you could, I could, looking back, I could see how I was sharing with them so much. But because people are so used to me being the sounding board, because Mm -hmm. people are, I, I really do the, the strong, I got this, you know, even if I'm down, I can, I make that look really good. Mm-hmm. I do that like down stuff very well. So I found that even just now I have to like tell people, listen, I'm struggling. I need your help in X, Y, or Z way. And um, so that kind of really propelled me on this part of my journey. Also in the midst of that um, health crisis for me, uh, I also experienced a breakup. Mm-hmm. So uh, I b- had a breakup and then I also lost one of um, one of my really good friends. We ended our friendship. And so I had all these losses that I was trying to navigate and process while like living at home and like navigating the the crisis and, and kind of the emotional labor that was happening in my household. And so to to start working on that in 2017, I basically said, I'm going to get up. I'm not going to keep allowing myself to feel down about this, but whatever it is that I need to do, I need to be intentional about doing those things. And so I started reading just different books about people's healing journeys. And I, and I hope I'm a- answering your question. You are. <laughs> um, okay. I started reading po- books. I intentionally read books about other people's healing journeys because I wanted to see how they were able to come back from you know the depths of of whatever their their um, their experience was, and mm-hmm. so I read things like Wild and Eat, Pray, Love, and Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, and just these people who were saying, okay, I have to, in order for me to get out of the space, I have to be intentional about it, mm-hmm. while also understanding that me being in that low, me being in that space was also teaching me something. Yeah. So for me, I feel like God like really gets He can kind of stop me in my tracks, especially when there's something that goes on physically with me because I'm so used to just like kind of soldiering through yeah. and I keep an insane schedule, which I realize has really been something that I have done to kind of keep me from um, like being by myself and being quiet at some points. And so there is this line for me between like ambition and like intellectualizing or kind of like avoiding by being distracted by stuff. And so for me to do better with that, I have to be mindful of, uh, you know, am I distracting? Am I avoiding right now? Or am I, you know, is this something that is really sparking my creative muscle? And so I started that healing journey. I was reading the books. 27th spring, I started, um, I started a blog. It was called Simply Being Chrissy, which is the nickname that people uh, call me. They call me Chrissy. And it was uh, because I felt like what would happen if I learned how to simply be? And so I wanted to just really strip it down and say, I didn't, you know, who am I and what is it that I desire? And was I choosing things that was, that was not for me? And, and, and maybe that was why there were certain, you know, relationships that maybe I didn't need to be in or certain things that I was kind of tolerating that was unnecessary. 
And so I really like stripped down, like I moved, I moved out on my own, which was definitely a blessing and necessary. And about, I would say about a year and a half into that journey, I started with my first therapist and she helped me to kind of see like some of the patterns, the ways that I was easily really, I'm a fixer, um, or I wasn't actively communicating myself and my needs and how I had kind of gotten people used to me being the person that they could go to versus me saying, hey, I need your help. Um, it's, I would be honest and say like, that's sometimes still a struggle for me, but I'm doing a lot better with that. And so that really is what, what started me because I was, I, I didn't, I didn't like the way that I felt. And I think now I can get a little bit more because of that experience. I'm more mindful of when I start to have a similar experience where maybe I start to get mentally exhausted or I feel down. And then I can start to say, ask myself now, okay, what is it that I need? Wow. I think you, you mentioned so many good points, but something that I want to kind of highlight because this is definitely resonating for me, like so much of how you describe just in your personality of like almost just like being the, like the strong friend and the one that's like always offering to advice and being supportive, like carrying that, that mask almost. And it's just so beautiful mm-hmm. to hear how, you know, you reach this point in your life where you were almost like forced to put it down, you know, like you were forced in some ways to put it, to put that down and to just really become intentional about your journey. Um, I think something that I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about is that you mentioned, you mentioned God a few times in your journey. And I would just love to hear um, what was your relationship like, like with God during that time? And do you feel like that situation deepened it or tested it or how did it evolve because of all that you were going through during that time? You know, I, I grew up Christian. I would say I've always had a discerning spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's really super easy for me to feel when things are kind of not right in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you and your listeners kind of understand what I mean by that. And I can feel that with other people as well, especially people I'm close to. So Mm -hmm. I think that there was an an inclination for me to take on some of that for other people because I was getting, you know, the downloads or the the Mm -hmm. kind of the understanding of what was happening for other people. And I think in that time, I really began to understand that that wasn't so much what my job is. My job isn't to take it for them, you know, but my job is to assist them along the way mm-hmm. and also allow people to, to do that for me. And I think that, you know, like I said, I can be super stubborn, intellectual, and, you know, I just realized that God always is sending me messages. And for me to pay attention, there has to be something kind of drastic sometimes. And usually it shows up in that physical manifestation or in a dream um, in some way that I can kind of, that's how he's going to speak to me to let me know like, hey, you might want to take a, take a step back and maybe see what is going on here. And so I would say I didn't, I, I, I don't, I never blamed him. I never, there were points that I was angry, but not so much at him but just because of that was my human experience. Like that was the way I needed to process um, through things. Like I look back through my journals and a lot of my journals from the time is really just prayers. It's really just me talking to God. It's not, it's not brain dumps. It's not as so much like me processing, but it's just, it's that maybe that was my way of processing and talk and speaking with him. And so sometimes it's like, I go to pray and I don't have 
have a clue what to say, but I can open my journal and just start writing. And then I'm like, I'm in a prayer and I don't even know it, you know? So I, I would say now because of those experiences, my understanding of God and like the humanness of, of, you know, Jesus and how he really understood who we were because he lived as a human, I, it helped me to have a different understanding of him versus instead of being like this unattainable thing, uh, you know, being, I can, I know, like, I can talk to him as that friend that I need to listen to me, you yeah. know, so that I've, you know, maybe, maybe there are things, there were aspects of myself that I wasn't comfortable in sharing with other people. And I think that there was sometimes in me avoiding and distracting myself was also a way for me to kind of hide from him in some sense. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that I started to, because I had to strip those things away, because I had to pay attention to my body. And that's very spiritual, like what we're feeling our body with and how we're moving. And, you know, I got into like yoga. Now I, I, my practice is different, how I start my day and end my days. And I just really started to have a different understanding of what did I need spiritually mm-hmm. because of those experiences. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I, I I love that you shared that because it shows the connection between how, like, our mental health is directly connected to our spiritual health and our emotional health and our physical health, you know, it's all tied in together. And I would actually love for, like, you shared some things throughout your story, but I think maybe for, let's say if there's a listener that, you know, maybe they're in that space where they are distracting themselves right so they're not super in tune with their body or they're not super in tune with god right now because i think we all have those moments where like sometimes we're just not the most in tune as we could be or if they're completely new to it what are some some indications that or signs that people can become aware of that maybe it's time to start their personal healing journey yeah i find that we have to really uh i think oprah calls it listen to the whispers you know, so the things that are really, we're, we're noticing repeated messages popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that's really where we need to pay attention. And also, a lot of times we don't like to be quiet. Yeah. And, you know, we're kind of used to having, you know, looking on social media or having music playing or, you know, I'm good for listening to a podcast or an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so um, to make, to be intentional about having quiet time and being able to just sit with ourselves. Uh, you know, I spoke about doing yoga. That was a very important piece to piece for me because um, there were there was a time where I couldn't just sit and be quiet and I couldn't meditate. And so when I was doing yoga and, and the actual the actual practice of that, I was able to be intentional about breathing and paying attention to what was happening in my body and doing that check in in that way. And so now in my in my my morning routine, so to speak. It's something that I can do within 10 minutes or something that I can do over an hour. And, you know, usually what I I do is I don't just hop out of the bed. I start my day by just quietly sitting in the bed for a few moments and just paying attention to um, what's happening in my environment. You know, what am I hearing? What's happening in my body? Is there pain anywhere, tension anywhere? And just doing kind of like a a check-in from like head to toe. Mm -hmm. And then... um, you know, use, I say a prayer or some type of gratitude statement, and then I can kind of get going with my day. And so I saw a really good thing that said, um, 
and take I'm take I'm taking this from somebody. This is not mine. But you know, do your morning routine in 15 minutes. So like five minutes for prayer or meditation, five minutes for a devotional, mm-hmm. and then like five minutes for for journaling. And I think when we do that, when we can set, we can wake up for 15 minutes early and just get those pieces in. And that to me was important to do the self check in. Yeah. How are you doing first? Like I, I call it checking in and checking on, right? How my checking in with myself and saying, how are you doing? What's happening? What are you feeling? What's, what's, what's going on in your body? You know, do you need something today? Do you need to talk to anyone? What's going to, can you get something that's going to make you, you know, add a little happiness or joy to your day? So when we check in on ourselves and that, I find that that's uh, a piece, but then the second part of that is checking on. So there may be things that we actually need to take actionable steps on and that's the checking on piece, right? Mm -hmm. So now I said, what do I need? And then I need to decide, are there things within my control or things that I need to do to move forward to be able to uh, put those things in action? And so those are kind of like my quick tips for when we don't want, when we don't want to, uh, we, we may not have the time in our schedule to do something that's really, you know, in depth, but those, that's really simple. You can do that throughout the day, right? Like, how you doing, sis? You feeling okay? <laughs> do you need some water? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Right. And I think just that gets us into the habit of being more of aware of what's going on with us in our in in relation to our environment. Yeah. And it's like I love that you shared such practical tips because I think sometimes self-care can seem like just so elaborate at times that it's like, oh, I have to have time to do this. It has to be a luxury. It has to be this thing that I like make space for. And it can be that, but it can also be like you described a simple, simple question to yourself. What do I need right now? It can yes. be water, you know, it can be a nap. It could be taking a walk. So I love that you just made that so simple because I think that, um, it kind of lowers that barrier for some people who use the the excuse of I don't have time to like do this thing. And also that I think that's how we prevent those moments that like you shared where the physical manifestation shows up and it causes everything in your life to come to a halt. Like we can prevent that a lot of the times just by doing the daily maintenance of checking in with ourselves and checking on, as you mentioned, I love that. Um, So I want to actually shift gears a little bit and now talk about like um, shifting from your personal journey and talking more about uh, working with a therapist from a a therapist perspective, because I've shared my experience on the podcast before, but it's from like, you know, the client side and I've shared on what it's like online working with a therapist and I've shared my experience in person, but I would love to get your expertise on um, how people can go about approaching uh, finding a therapist and like some of the benefits of working with a the therapist. So I think maybe let's start with um, from a therapist, what would you say are some of the, the main benefits and why all of us should be seeking some type of counseling in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think so as a therapist, I am someone who is not a part of your daily life. Right. I'm going to be objective. I'm hearing your side, but also it's my duty to sit in that healing space with you. Even the mess is my duty to sit there with you. And I think that that's what people uh, really need to get is that my my um, it's not my responsibility to judge or to place blame or anything like that is my job to help you as you're understanding your experience. And so that can be helpful for anybody. I mean, I, I definitely 
I feel super honored to be able to do that for other people. And sometimes it's, it's still a little, I shouldn't say this, but sometimes it feels a little surprising when I'm like, they're like, oh my goodness, you've helped me so much. And I'm thinking to myself, we haven't even got to the good stuff yet. Like we still got more to do, you know? Um, but it's just amazing how within, uh, you know, a couple of sessions, a lot of people do say that they do find some relief. Now, don't get me wrong. Healing can be, I, I say healing is a constant unfolding, you know, so it's not going to be the most comfortable experience. And I can say, you know, there were times when I went to therapy and I was like, who wants to do this? Like, why would people put themselves through this? And I really, I can say that as being on the other side of the couch, that really gave me an insight into what the experience is like for my clients. And so I'm grateful that I sought it, sought that for myself, but it was also necessary for me as a therapist, because, you know, we, we are exposed to so many different things on a daily basis. And I think it can be helpful to kind of shed and manage my energy as well by having a therapist. But so yeah, we all need that safe space to get to know ourselves. And that's where we can do that on the couch or in the chair or through the screen, however you're going to get it done. I think the most important aspect of therapy is that relationship between the therapist and the client. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that can be a little bit difficult for people sometimes because when folks come and see me, they're speaking to a complete stranger, right? And so I need to allow people to go through whatever their process is as we are building that relationship and that rapport. And if you look at and how folks build their relationships in their personal lives, you can kind of see it really play out in the therapy room. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> There's been so many times where I'm like talking to my therapist and just certain things will come up that are either she'll say something that maybe reminds me of someone in my life, or I will start, like, if we're talking about something, it's like, it's almost like I am, like, I don't want to say forgetting, like, I know that I'm still there with my therapist, but it's like, I'm like, especially if, if I'm like reenacting a situation, because, you know, sometimes we're so in our minds that we feel like we're reliving it. And I like, yeah. stop for a second, I'm like, oh, wait, like, this is my therapist I'm talking to, not the person that did X, Y, and Z, or not the person that caused me to feel this emotion that I'm expressing. So I think that's so interesting. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, like, what can people expect? Like you mentioned, you know, you're coming in, you're talking to a complete stranger. So what can people expect? Like, if they've never done therapy before, it's intimidating. I know I was terrified the first time I went. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Yes, this gonna it definitely like, can be. All my dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of walk us through like what can we expect in our first couple of sessions with the therapist yeah so usually like the first definitely the first one or two is really going to be just getting to know you it's going to be I'm going to be asking questions to see what your what your current needs are and kind of what is your maybe their stressors or things that are going on uh, depression anxiety or other issues and so I'm really going to try to get an understanding of what that current experience is like for you and it's not usually until yes you might reference some previous life experiences during that time that may be related to the current stressor but that's really what we're trying to do we call it an intake assessment so what we're doing is just gathering information and we're building rapport we're answering questions we're you know just setting that space and that tone for so that we can, uh, you know, after probably th third or fourth session, really begin to do a lot of the work. So sometimes people come in the first session and they're like, oh, I made it in. And they're so hopeful and, you know, they want to understand like maybe what 
you're looking forward to really resolving things, but we're humans. So we process over time. So one or two sessions, yes, it may be helpful, but I don't know that it's always going to completely resolve whatever the initial issue was. Yeah. So but don't expect that you're going to meet. I always kind of recommend to people that you may not jive with the therapist right away and also trust your intuition. You know, um, if, if you don't feel safe or you don't feel that you're, you have a connection with the therapist or maybe that therapist is not meeting, they don't have the specialty to meet your needs because we all have different specialties. Um, then, you know, I would say definitely maybe ask for a referral and communicate that. But because the therapeutic relationship, that's what we call it, the relationship that's being built between the therapist and the client, because that tends to mirror a lot of our interpersonal relationships, then I would really encourage people to communicate if there are any any discomfort or any concerns and things like that, definitely in the within those first sessions. Yeah, I think that's so huge. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's definitely a big misconception I had when I first went in. Like when I signed up for therapy, it was during a really difficult time. So I was expecting like, okay, I'm going to do this and like, I'm going to feel better. And I remember leaving and I was like, uh, I don't feel better. I feel like I just talked to a stranger and we got to know each other. Like it felt almost like a first date. Like I was just like, yes, (laughs) but I was like, everything I felt, I still felt it because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't dive in yet because like you said, we were just building that rapport with each other. But you know, I didn't know that at the time. So I was kind of like, is this how it's supposed to work? Like, is it, is it supposed to be like this at first? But I'm glad I stuck with it because now I see, you know, the benefits of doing it long term. Are there any other misconceptions that maybe you've seen or that you or people have talked to you about of like, they expected it to be one way, but it turned out different? And what are some what are some of your thoughts around just like managing those expectations? Yeah, so I, a lot of times I, people think therapists are one size fits fit all, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're we, like I said, we have different specialties. Um, my focus, I really love doing a lot of cog- cognitive behavioral therapy, but my style with it is going to be, it matches my personality, right? So you're not going to find, you may find someone else that does CBT, but they're not going to do it in the same way that I do it. Um, if you had a traumatic experience, you know, there may be someone who's certified to provide certain uh, tools, maybe like EMDR or DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy, and maybe they're certified to do those things, and you're going to get a different experience from that therapist. Mm-hmm. So I want people to kind of also take stock of, of what do they, what their needs are, and yeah. also be transparent about that to the therapist. Like, this is what I'm expecting to get, because that's essentially what we're calling the treatment plan, right? This is what we're working on. These are, these are the symptoms of the problems. These are the steps we're going to take to try to resolve it. And so, you know, your input, the client's input is just, is just as important. It's not my treatment. It's not for me to come up with, with, you know, it's for us to do it collaboratively. So I think I want people to understand that you're not coming to see me or any therapist to get advice. Um, Yes, we're experts, but we're not experts about you and your individual life experience. And so a lot of times people go because, you know, they might have that misconception that, oh, she's going to, or he's going to tell me what to do. And it's like, no. We're going to help you try to find your answers. Can we give some uh, guidance sometimes or, you know, maybe ask some clarifying questions that would help a person gain some insight for themselves? Yes. 
But if some, if you have a therapist telling you specifically what to do, like girl, cut him off, or you oh know, that's not that's usually not <laughs> that's usually not what what we do. Now, don't get me wrong. We all, like I said, we're humans. We have to check ourselves as well. So the same way, there may be things that we say that are triggering for you. There may be things that the client says that could be triggering for us as well. But I am trained to be mindful of that. I'm trained to understand if I have someone that kind of. Um, shares a similar life experience or comes in with something that I may be struggling with as well, right? I, I have to uh, put Crystal on the back burner and be aware that this is not for me to have a that shared experience, but for me to hold space with someone else. Oh. So, yeah. So I think, so those three things are usually what I hear the most. Yeah, that's, that's really, really huge. It's like making that distinction of that you're, I think your your therapist is not there to give you advice. I think that is a huge misconception that a lot of people have. It's like, I'm going, like, I, I've told my friends before, I'm like, if your therapist is giving you advice, I actually don't know if they're a good therapists because I think some of the best sessions that I've had personally are when, like you said, it's just through asking, clarifying questions, holding space, you know, validating what I'm saying and like in, in guiding me versus saying like, well, you should do this or you should do that. It's like, that is actually like maybe a life coach, but not. not right. <laughs> um, so I'm yes. glad that you highlighted that. Yeah. And there's some therapists who do coaching as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, that might be what the person's need is at that time. And right. maybe they thought that they needed a therapist. And, and that's not to say that we, I think that there are, um, definitely periods in our life that we therapy is going to be the direction that we need to go, but there may be other like goal oriented, like you need to, I'm looking to take these steps that a coach might be more helpful with. Right. And like I said, there are therapists who do both. Mm-hmm. So your therapist or you as the client should be able to say, you know what? I thought I was looking to get into X, Y, or Z, but actually I'm thinking I need help in this way. And so, like I said, I want people to feel encouraged to be able to, um, you know, advocate for themselves and share what the needs are. But it's also it's also my job to to notice if that's where it's going and to ask those questions to see if is this something that you're trying to distance yourself from or you know because everybody's not always ready. There may be things that I see as a therapist that I'm listening and I'm like, okay, let's 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 see where we can go with this. Can I move in this direction? And maybe the person is not just ready yet, right? So then I have to kind of be this. I have to decide. How do I push in this way? Do I allow that person to have their process? You know, and there's always, it's, we're always thinking because we have to, we're trying to understand what that person's experience is. And so we have to understand by, by asking those questions and seeing where a person is, then we can kind of get a sense of, are they ready to move in this direction just yet? And I've had people come back to me because they were like, yeah, I wasn't ready a year ago, but I, I'm, I'm ready to get into this now. And I can see that they may have done some, some work with outside of the therapy room. Cause most of the work is outside of the therapy room. Usually it's one hour, two hours a week, you know, for some people, a couple hours a month. And, you know, that's so minute compared to the many other hours in the, in the, in the week that a person has. So we only have that, that amount of time. And so the majority of the work is going to be done outside of the room. So when you come in the room, we need you to like bring your yourself, you know, ready. And if you're not, that's fine too, because we can work with that. So I don't think people need to be, you don't need to be like in a certain way to be, Oh, I got therapy on lock. Um, 
you know, we want you to just, just to come in and be, be willing to do the work. Right. And I, I think it's also really important to highlight what you mentioned around, like, it's a collaboration. So like, not walking and expecting like your therapy to like fix things, but like you're coming there saying, you know, this is what, this is what I feel like I need. You know, I think setting that tone will be so helpful for a lot of people when, when they're starting out with this, this new um, experience, if it's something that they haven't done before. Um, Something else that like kind of a side note that you mentioned that I'm just so fascinated by is like you, you share in the beginning that you've always been like very discerning. And I'm curious to know if that is something that you feel like, you know, working as a therapist, you've just naturally over time, like because you have that gift, you've you've been able to kind of like activate it more or if that's something that you actually learn through your practice of becoming a therapist of how to discern, like, when do you push a client to go deeper or when do you kind of ease up and just allow them to process? Like, because to me, honestly, I'm so fascinated by this and I think that, that's such a skill in the moment to have mm-hmm. you know, a person sitting in front of you and they could be, you know, experiencing a range of emotions, but you have to make a decision of how to move forward in the session, like very quickly. So I'm just curious to know, like, what is your process when doing that? Yeah, I would say it's a combination of, of skill and also um, just instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's helpful when, because of the relationship, that that's what makes it super because you have to have that trust with my client needs to trust that I'm going to share this space. They need to trust that they can be vulnerable. They need to trust that this is even if that they can be okay with showing their, the ugly parts of themselves. Um, and so I need to be able to, it's kind of, it is kind of like a dance. I, I really, yeah. if I overthink it, then I find that that's, those are the times where then I may feel like, like I, I fail. But it's, we're always kind of, it's always up to chance. I don't know if any question is actually going to work. I don't know if that's really going to push a person to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, forward. I don't know that. Um, but I try yeah. because, you know, and that, and like I said, that's the importance of, of having the, the, the relationship mixed with the skill and the instinct. And that has been learned over time. I've worked with many different populations. I started the, my work with uh, people who were in, in recovery from, uh, substances from drugs and alcohol, and there was a lot of distrust with people, a lot of a lot of trauma, especially with people who were like me, right? Social workers or people who were supposed to be helpful. And so I had to figure out how can I connect. And so that's the most important piece for me first to be able to connect, and then I can kind of say with that connection, then I can say, okay, let me try this. I think this is gonna work, <laughs> but it's in the moment. Wow. That's, that's so, so fascinating to me. Um, so I would love to, especially with the, just where we are right now, like for those who don't know, we're recording this in the midst of, you know, coronavirus doing its thing out there in the world. (laughs) And, um, there's just a lot happening and a lot of things that can really impact our mental health right now. So I would love to hear from you. Um, you know, the, what do you think the importance is right now in like taking care of our mental health and just different affordable ways that we can do that, whether it is, you know, finding a therapist or other options, what are some things that come to mind for you as ways that we can really step up our mental health practices right now? Yeah. So I I actually did a post the other day and I just said, breathe, you know, because when we're breathing, when, when we have breath, we have life. 
And that's like one of my favorite things to just meditate on. If I have breath, I have life. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, there's in the midst of this chaos and for for someone like myself and many others uh, who really are swayed by the, the, the energy of kind of the atmosphere, it can be very overwhelming. Uh, and so I, I want to encourage people to, number one, be mindful of what you need and make sure you're doing those check-ins. So you might want to limit, you know, how, what you're engaging in with social media, media, things like that. Uh, there's also a lot of people who have switched over being therapists or wellness professionals switched over from doing in-person sessions to online. And so uh, just being mindful that that may be where how we can get our needs met and get that support at this time. Uh, but as far as options for, for therapy, there's a few different ways. Before we get any further into this episode, I want to share with you a resource that I've been using called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you are seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, Faithful Counseling may be a great option for you. I'm going to share a few details about this app in case you're interested in checking it out. One of the best things is that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line and is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online with real therapists. One of the best things also is that there is a broad range of expertise and faithful counseling's counselors network, which may not be locally available in some areas. However, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need assistance. Faithful Counseling wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials that are posted daily, or you can listen to my personal review that I shared a few years ago, I think, maybe like a year or so ago, um, before this collaboration came about, and you can learn about my personal experience. If you're interested in signing up and joining over half a million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of a professional, uh, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. Again, if you are interested in taking charge of your mental health, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. By using my link, you will get 10% off your first month of sessions. And again, that's getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. Back to the episode. If you're um, looking for a therapist, one of the largest directories is psychology today, uh, psychologytoday.com. And you can search by, you can search by uh, location. You can search by uh, what insurance do they take? You can search by uh, their specialty uh, so that's on that's that's the one of the largest directories. But also, therapy for Black girls is a great directory. So if people are specifically looking for a therapist of color, I know most of my clients. I would say about half of my clients have found me on there, uh, which is very important to uh, people of color, especially Black women, to find someone who is 
understanding of what our experiences are as a black person that is, they don't always need to be white because there are some you know woke white people so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my therapist is not a black woman but uh, she is understanding of my experience and also willing to learn so I found that that has been very helpful for me but uh, as far as uh, directories those are the main two I would also say to check if you're a college student there may there the counseling office on the uh, college campus is definitely a great option to use. Uh, at, anywhere you go, we have to hold your privacy, right? So I, I think that this is a really good, great time for people because therapy is so embraced by this generation and the younger generations. And so this is like a beautiful time because you can say, hey, I went to my therapist today, mm-hmm. right? And you can feel, you can say that without feeling like there's something wrong or that shame. So, you know, college campuses, uh, through your employer, their EAP, they usually offer some limited sessions. I think it's usually about two to four sessions. Sometimes it's a little bit more where they will actually pay for the session and you don't have to come out of pocket. So those, those are some some options, but also you have other things like uh, talk space, which people can do uh, therapy through text message, uh, or, uh, online and usually at a cheaper rate, but also open path collective. Mm-hmm. And they also have people who are on their directory who specifically have what we call sliding scale options. So sliding scale is basically a reduced fee, uh, either dependent upon the client's income or whatever the, the therapist has chosen has chosen to uh, list their fee as. So, yeah. and that could be as cheap as, you know, $25 a session. Sometimes it's 50. It really just depends. Uh, but that's a good that's a good option to look for reduced sessions as well. I would also encourage people to, if you're interested in working with a specific therapist, ask them as well about their sliding scale or reduced fee options, because they may have, they may have a pro bono session that they are, that they have set aside. They may have a few sliding scales, scale sessions available. So you want to ask the therapist that you're working with and see if they offer those things as well. Thank you for sharing that. I can actually speak to um, a few of those different things. One of them you guys have probably already heard if you're listening to this episode because it's in collaboration with Faithful Counseling, which is one of those online tools. But the other one I wanted to speak to um, is uh, what's you just said the name. It's Open Open Path Collective. Yes, Open Path Collective. So. Um, I started initially with the online therapy. That was like my first sessions. And then when I was able to afford in-person sessions, I started going in person when I lived back in New Jersey. And then when I moved here, I was like so grateful to find a therapist through that site. It's a black, black woman. She's a Christian and she has the sliding scale. And I was so just amazed because I didn't know that that was even an option. Um, so I would definitely recommend, like, if you're listening and you're like, you know, I need therapy, I need to start this healing journey, but I'm like really struggling with where to start, check out those resources because they are extremely beneficial. And I think I honestly, I think that in person is probably my, my favorite way to get therapy sessions, but there's so many options available. And also thank you for sharing like the free resources. Cause I think a lot of people sometimes don't know about like your job offering it or college campuses offering it. So those are great places to start if you're just like, I need something and I can't afford, you know, especially with what's happening right now in the world. I I know finances is like a concern for a lot of people right now. And therapy is, has for so long been viewed as like a luxury, but it really, in my opinion, should be a necessity. You know, it should just be a part of your basic 
healthcare practices, like the same way you go to the dentist and the doctor and get your eyes checked. Like, I think that this should be included in it. So check out those. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Med- you know, mental health is definitely, uh, it's, it's a part of the medical model. Yeah. So, I mean, even burnout was just listed as, as a major diagnosis. So if we're going to say those things, depression, anxiety, burnout, and, uh, you know, beyond our, our medical issues, then we need to, even if you don't meet criteria for a diagnosis, you know, I think that we all still can say that there are times, especially like now where there is rightfully so increased stress or increased anxiety. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it is helpful to to speak with someone. I would never want someone being unable to afford it as be as as you know a reason why they didn't go and seek options. And don't get me wrong, it's not like you're gonna you're gonna find the right person and everything's gonna fall into place. There is work to finding a therapist. I mean I emailed probably 10 people before I got connected with my therapist. And so it does take time. I want people to be remi- be mindful of that um, because we only have a certain amount of sessions like that we can offer during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I know that people are wanting to get in, so you might want to look at as well. There are other spaces. Um, I was, I was telling Fatima before we got on the call that I have noticed that there are, uh, you know, people who are offering sessions of free, free, free calls, you know, as a check-in or meditations, uh, or people are, you know, definitely podcasts give you a lot of good tools. Uh, there are workbooks. There are there are other ways where if you find that you can't get in the therapy room right now, you can still start doing the work. Yeah. So I want people to just be mindful, be mindful of that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll also in this episode, I'll include some resources that I found. There's this one particular uh, collective called Black Girl Magic that just dropped a. Um, kind of like a document, a resource guide full of podcasts, books, downloads, like all the things. So I'll be sure to include that in the show notes if anyone wants to check those out. Um, So as we wrap up, I would love to, one, just give you the floor to share if there's any like final words that you have, especially for people who I'm hoping that this episode, one, can give people a little insight, of course, into like who you are and what, like what you're doing and why you're doing it but also like encouraging those who still may be on the fence about therapy or just like unsure about it um, to really give it a shot and to just start to experience some of the benefits that you and I both shared in this episode. So do you have any like final thoughts or anything that you would share for the person that maybe they're still kind of like, I don't know about this, or, you know, I'm, I'm still feeling a little hesitant. Um, do you have any thoughts that you can share with those people in particular? Yeah, I mean, people have been seeking counsel since the beginning of time. You know, we have always asked other people for their guidance or for their advice. And there's so many references to it in the Bible, so many references in different, and with our historical figures, you know, we, that is our inclination, right? We are humans, we want to connect. And I think that we also are, there's a need to really understand our experiences. And so therapy really helps us to get to know ourselves better. Um, so I want people to be, to be encouraged. I feel like I was able to, I was able to do more or be more intentional about learning about myself because I had someone to help, to guide, to ask me certain questions. I can do it on my own. This is different than having a friend, right? And the, the whole thing is to, to, to take those questions and take what I'm learning in the sessions and then to go back and reflect and see, see how is it playing out, um, in my life. 
right? And do some reflection on that. But this is different than asking a friend for advice. This is different than having a, a listening ear, right? This is someone who is actually, you know, helping to process in real time as, as things are going on, but also giving purposeful uh, tools to, to as we are moving on the, on the healing process. So, you know, like I said, my, I started this by asking myself, what would happen if I just, if I learned how to simply be, if I learned how to just be present and to accept myself without judgment. And that's how it started for me to say, well, why am I so unkind? Right. And just really shifting that, shifting that voice for myself. So I want everyone to really understand that we are the ones that are in charge of helping ourselves to, to live this life and that we have been gifted with people like therapists, the same way we've been gifted with doctors and dentists and, yeah. and other type of professionals, right, to help us. And so if you wouldn't go, if would you not go to a doctor if you had an ailment, a physical ailment, right? So we, we need to, we would go to a therapist with our emotional ailments. And so that's why we're here. So I want to encourage people to understand that, you know, we're, that's, that's what we're here to help folks with. Yes. Amen to that. I talk about that all the time. I'm so happy you mentioned that. <laughs> I'm sure my audience <laughs> is like sick of me talking about that, of how like we have to, especially as Christians, like view therapists in the same way that we would view a, a, a general doctor. Um, so absolutely. I mean, look at Jesus. Jesus went to John and asked him some questions. I mean, we, you know, we yeah. need counsel. <laughs> That there's so many references. So I always tell people, you know, as God gifted us with that. He gifted us with therapists, with someone who would be non-judgmental. And I think that, you know, and and the, and the way that we can kind of seek Him for that, we can. He give He has gifted us in human form, you know. So, yes. Thank you for sharing that. So, in closing, I want to leave open the floor to you to share anything and everything that you have going on um, in your personal um, practice or on your website that you want to share with the audience as resources or projects or just ways that they can stay in touch with you. Okay, great. Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram. Uh, I am Crystal CJ. My website, my personal website, crystalcjackson.com is morphing right now because it used to be my personal blog, but that's where I share um, my my podcast episodes. So I have a podcast, Evolving with Crystal J, and we talk a lot about just evolution and you know how are we understanding ourselves. I do share my personal stories. I have uh, guests who also talk about how they are caring for themselves as they are evolving and it's growing and and it's. It, I hope everybody can take a listen whenever you get a chance. I also have my coaching program. Uh, and it's called simply be, simply being you, and that's where I help people to really. Um, and this is outside of the therapy room. This is not a therapy. I want to be clear about that. But this is giving people um, a, a time and intentional, like weekly uh, sessions, to be able to help them to prioritize themselves, avoid burnout, and really begin to enjoy their life again. And then the other thing that I'm working on is I'm going to launch pretty soon my therapy journal. Uh, I really find benefit in documenting our reflections uh, while we're going through the therapy process. And so I will have that listed. Um, it's on my website now, but it will be available on Amazon mm-hmm. and Barnes and Noble and other retailers pretty soon. So oh gosh, that's so, so, so exciting. Thank you so much, Crystal, for sharing 
all of your wealth of knowledge and just information. I'm inspired, I hope, and I know and trust that my audience will also love this episode. So thank you so much. And I will include all of the links to everything that Crystal just mentioned in the show notes of this episode. Make sure you support, buy the journal, listen to the podcast, do all the things you need to support Black women, Black therapists, especially, like, we need to just elevate their voices. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you. It was, this is a great time. I very much appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week. Bye. If you made it to the end of this episode, Shout out to you because you're a real one and I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) One last thing I want to mention before I let you go is that if you enjoy the Sobity Chat podcast and community and you love the show, you love the content and you want to make a difference and help me to create even better content, check out how you can become a monthly supporter of the show. You can donate a monthly contribution anywhere between a dollar and $10 each month that will allow me to produce better quality episodes and secure amazing guests just like the episode you just listened to. If it's something you're interested in doing, you can click the link in the description of this podcast or you can just use your browser and click anchor.fm slash soulbeautychat slash support. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon.